Hello and welcome. It's Thursday, April 13th, and you're listening to Arizona's News Roundup, the weekly podcast that gets you caught up on all the biggest stories in the state on your time. I'm your host, Taylor Kinnerup, Managing Editor here at KTAR News. On this podcast, we're breaking down all the top stories happening right now to keep you in the loop on all things Arizona. We also look ahead at what's to come to make sure you know what to keep an eye out on until our next episode. This week was a busy one, so instead of our usual in-depth look at the biggest stories, this week I'm giving you the nuts and bolts of all the competing headlines this week. I'll tell you about the governor's first 100 days, an update on school safety, who's running for office while others are getting kicked out, the end of a decades-old case that shocked the valley, the state of the city of Phoenix, and of course, the excitement surrounding its namesake teams start to the NBA playoffs. So let's get right into it. Governor Hobbs celebrates her first 100 days in office. It's a milestone many politicians hang their hat on and race towards once sworn in. The first 100 days are often used to show the efficacy or shortcomings of a new administration. Governor Hobbs was no exception and during her swearing in, pledged 100 actions in the same amount of days to prove she means business. These actions have included appointments to high offices, executive orders impacting the state's use of the death penalty, and as the governor herself put it in her first 100-day address. Looking back on these first 100 days, we've already taken action on so many urgent issues, including reproductive rights, water, corrections reform, and infrastructure. These actions also included passing and vetoing dozens of bills. As of Wednesday, Governor Hobbs had already vetoed 48 bills this session, just 10 shy of the state record set by former Democratic Governor Janet Napolitano in 2006. Hobbs alluded to those vetoes during her address. Part of my promise to bring sanity to our state government means stopping the conspiracy theories, the attacks on our freedoms, and the out-of-touch legislation that frankly isn't doing anything to address serious issues. Comparatively, Hobbs has only passed 40 bills into law in that same amount of time. Legislation aside, she also touted her three border trips in her first 100 days, something we previously discussed on this podcast. And while 100 days is a big milestone, in many ways, it's only the beginning for an administration with three and a half years left to go. While the governor celebrated her first 100 days, that also rang true for other state leaders, including the newly elected, but not new to the role, Superintendent of Public Instruction, Tom Horn. In the wake of several mass shootings in the U.S. and a rise in school violence threats nationwide, Horn announced Wednesday he reaffirmed his support for school resource officers. The State Department of Education, under Horn, reopened school safety grant funding. This week, Horn announced he extended the application deadline to April 22nd, with school resource officers getting first priority over counselors. That's something that's been criticized by teachers and school safety advocates. Horn specifically mentioned the Phoenix Union High School District, which eliminated officers several years ago. I strongly urge them to go back to having school resource officers in their schools, and I urge that of everyone statewide. This is especially pressing as Phoenix Union committee members meet this week to vote on whether or not to bring back those officers. Stick with KTAR for the very latest on that vote. But it wasn't just elected leaders making headlines this week. It was political hopefuls. New candidates have announced their campaigns for the 2024 general election. You know, the election that's still 527 days away. That's right. A Republican challenger has thrown his hat, his cowboy hat, into the ring. Washington needs a new sheriff in town. I'm Sheriff Mark Lamb. Let's get to work. Pinal County Sheriff Mark Lamb is the first major name from the Arizona Republican Party to announce his bid for the role. 
His main platforms include border security, defending the Second Amendment, the economy, and combating the war on drugs, something he admits in the first moments of his campaign video that personally impacted his son before he was tragically killed in a car accident last year. Sheriff Lamb's early jump was only beat by Democratic challenger Ruben Gallego, who currently represents Arizona's 3rd District in the U.S. House of Representatives. Gallego has already come out swinging against Lamb and current seat holder Kirsten Sinema, who still hasn't announced whether she intends to run for re-election. Gallego's early announcement created whispers about what would happen in District 3. So far, several names from the Phoenix City Council have been rumored to be considering a run, but most recently, last month, former chair of the state Democratic Party and then-state senator Raquel Terran stepped down from her role to pursue a run at Gallego's district. It's a race that's already heating up, with more than a year and a half left to go. And while some announced their intention to run, others were getting voted out. This week... The resolution passes with a required two-thirds vote signed in open session. Liz Harris is expelled from the House of Representatives effective... The Arizona House voted to expel Republican Representative Liz Harris. Harris is accused of letting a witness make wide-ranging accusations of bribery during a February hearing about election reforms. During a February 23rd presentation at a hearing organized by Harris, an insurance agent from Scottsdale accused a swath of politicians from both parties, judges, and public officials of taking bribes from the Mexican drug cartel, which, apparently, Harris allowed to continue. Democratic Representative Stephanie Stahl-Hamilton filed an ethics complaint against Harris on March 6th, and the Ethics Committee held an evidentiary hearing on March 30th. The resolution to expel Harris cites the committee's findings, which said the first-time lawmaker knew in advance that this witness was going to make the criminal allegations and failed to provide the information for review beforehand in violation of House regulations. The full chamber vote came a day after the House Ethics Committee released a report that said Harris damaged, quote, the integrity of the House through her actions. The resolution to expel Harris was approved by a 46 to 13 vote. It needed a minimum of 40 votes, two-thirds of the GOP-controlled House, to pass. The move leaves the Southeast Valley's District 13 seat vacant, and it trims the Republican advantage in the House, which was already pretty slim, to a nearly tied 30 to 29 until it's filled which, by law, will be filled by a Republican. It's another race we'll be following closely for you. In a Maricopa County courtroom this week came an end to a trial 30 years in the making. On Tuesday, the Phoenix Canal killer was found guilty on all charges. A little over three decades ago, Brian Patrick Miller kidnapped, sexually assaulted, and mutilated Angela Brasso and Melanie Burness. The two went missing a few months apart in the early 1990s and were last seen riding bikes along the Phoenix Canal system. It took more than two decades for DNA evidence to eventually connect Miller to the deaths and later led to his 2015 arrest. It took another seven years for the trial to begin. Miller's defense tried to make an insanity plea. They argued that childhood trauma forced him to disassociate. The trauma state's planning things because it's being fueled by different emotions and it has a different agenda. But prosecutors disagreed. This isn't about mental health. This isn't about insanity. Instead, it's about a man who made choices to go on canals with knives and wait for an opportunity. The trial took roughly six months before coming to an end this week, and Miller could face the death penalty. His sentencing date has yet to be released.
And now that the city was able to close one chapter of its dark past, another chapter is being written. On Wednesday, Mayor Kate Gallego gave her State of the City address with a big focus on water, transportation, and tech. She touted a new multi-billion dollar plan for an advanced water purification facility that will turn wastewater into drinking water. You heard that, right? The facility will be added to the 91st Avenue wastewater treatment plant and will recycle 60 million gallons per day. Gallego called the water issue, quote, the crux of sustaining our future, noting that Phoenix was monitoring how to handle the looming cutbacks from the state's Colorado River supply. We have done this by working to diversify our supply to avoid overdependence on any one source and achieving a decades-long reduction in per capita use. On transportation, Gallego called on legislators to create a path forward for Proposition 400, the half-cent sales tax approved by Maricopa County voters in 2004. The tax funds transportation projects in Phoenix, but will come to an end after 2025 if it's not extended. She added that tech would play a big part into Phoenix's future. Gallego believes that Phoenix is on the way to becoming a tech hub. We've already broken ground on nearly 400 acres of land specifically zoned for tech-related uses. That's how we'll guarantee that the diversification of our economy will continue. She also mentioned semiconductors, the growing medical quarter, the need for voters to okay a $500 million bond project for public safety and community resources. She also spoke about homelessness, a topic that's become a growing concern in recent months. We've mentioned it previously on the podcast, if you want to hear more. And finally, in typical Roundup fashion, I'm ending on a high note. The best note, the Phoenix Suns. There is hope and promise in the air as the city and the state brace for one of the most highly anticipated postseasons for any Arizona team in history. This Sunday is game one of the first series of the NBA playoffs for the Phoenix Suns. So let's set the scene. Over the last few years, the Phoenix Suns have gone from one of the worst records in the NBA to home of superstars Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and most recently, Kevin Durant. The trades to get us to this point have broken hearts and bank accounts, and the time is now. Beyond the trades and controversies and injuries, there is one person at the heart of all of this anticipation, Al McCoy. I think it's time for somebody else to have the opportunity to have as much fun as I have had in the 51 years with the Suns and the NBA. The voice of the Phoenix Suns recently announced this was his last season with the team. He turns 90 this year, so it's not as though this hasn't been a run for the books. But this man symbolizes a lot for us Valley kids. As I've said before, I'm a Valley kid through and through. I'm a third-generation Arizonan. And it's not just that I grew up only knowing Al and that my dad really only grew up knowing Al, but it's even that my 94-year-old grandfather can't think back to a time where Al McCoy didn't voice this team. So if you're like me and you grew up in the Valley, you know we've said it before, but more than ever, it feels like this has to be our year. If not for us... Then for Al. Game one tips off this Sunday. I'll give you more details coming up. So that's it. You're all caught up for this week, the week of April 10th. What's ahead? Here are a few things to keep an eye out on until we meet again. Grab your boots and your cowboy hats because Country Thunder is back. The four-day music fest in Florence, Arizona, will feature country artist John Party, Luke Bryan, Cody Johnson, and Valley native Dirk Bentley. We're expecting big updates from the city of Phoenix next week on everything from waste fees to details of its settlement with local business owners regarding the city's homeless encampments. 
And like I mentioned, Game 1 of the NBA playoffs for the Phoenix Suns against the LA Clippers tips off this Sunday evening at 5. You can hear it on our sister station, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You can also become a Suns insider by texting Valley, the word Valley, V-A-L-L-E-Y, to 411-923 to get all the latest and breaking news on the Suns' quest for the championship. Remember, you can read more on all the week's stories and get breaking news in real time on KTAR.com. You can also listen live on 92.3 FM or to take KTAR everywhere you go. Just download the KTAR News app for articles, podcasts, and of course, breaking news. With that, I'm Taylor Kinnerup, and you've been listening to KTAR's Arizona's News Roundup. Until next week.